Welcome. The following is a sermon presented at First Love Church in Ocala, Florida. If you'd like to know more about our church or Pastors Dennis and Heather Drake, you can find us on the web at firstlovechurch.org. After second service, we're going to have a, a fellowship, you know, so make sure that you go, you know, back to your house and make something really delicious and bring it back by, uh, what, like 1230, 1215, something around there. And then, uh, and if if you're not that good at making something, go purchase something really good. But let's have a fellowship. It'd be fun to to hang out with you guys. I'd like for second service people to get a look at you because they don't believe you exist. So they don't believe anyone can get up that early. So you got to come show them. Amen. Amen. Got first service represent. <laughs> Lord Jesus. Together we are going to make a confession with the early church. I just feel like you're and just apologizing for me no, too much. That's no, that's not it at all. Yeah. But we make a confession with um, and the creeds of the of the church fathers and of we remind ourselves that we have entered into an eternal current. That what we are doing here is not something that is original with us or that is made up in this century, but that is something that has been gifted to us, the church, through Jesus Christ. And so we um, make a confession this morning. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, the maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and buried. On the third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From there he shall come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Amen. You know, it's so good for us to declare those truths because I think you run into people and with all the, the hundreds and hundreds of denominations there are, there's so many times that we can run into believers and find out uh, all the things that we disagree with. But, but having these creeds and knowing that, that, that those are the things that unite us, that's the things that we ought to focus on. Amen? Amen. And just declare those truths. We believe in one God. We make a confession at the beginning of service and say that we're here to encounter the sacred. And we want to remind you that you encounter the sacred during worship, that you encounter the sacred through the fellowship of brothers and sisters because we are image bearers of God, because we have the Holy Spirit, but we also encounter the sacred through the written word of God. And this is not just another story, but we recognize that the scriptures have been given to us inspired by God and that there is something absolutely powerful when we meet the divine in seeing who Jesus Jesus was and what he tells us about God. We've been um, hanging out um, in Luke's uh, gospel in following some of the patterns of Jesus. Jesus said this, he said, if you hear my words and put them into practice, then you will be like a man who built his house upon a rock. So there is for us, many of us, this disconnect between hearing and putting into practice. Mm -hmm. And this over and over again is why we talk about church being a place for you to practice loving your neighbor, a place for you to practice um, eating with someone maybe that you disagree with or vote differently than. This place is a practice for us to be able to go out and be transformed in the love that Jesus gave us. But we're going to read from Luke's gospel. And in Luke's gospel, he 
reminds us over and over again, you have to allow Jesus to change what you see. That his gospel reminds us that we begin to see what Jesus sees, we see what God sees, and we begin to gain insight into how we can change what we see. You know, you're talking about the practice and uh, that uh, word um, dojo actually means place of practice. And so when we kind of view a church more in that place of setting down and being instructed and let's discuss what we believe, that if we could kind of shift our mindset to this is the place of practice where we are developing a practice, something that we can do good. So you're trying to get your black belt in church today. <laughs> Did you know that? <sighs> And what is church then? Really, this not, this place of the it? good news? No, oh, I think it is. I, I, I appreciate I that. Yeah, it's you got to level up. It's better preaching than people up. Are in it. It's early for service. Okay. Is what it is. They're they're considering it. They're it's get it's getting <laughs> okay. there. But but for us in Luke's gospel, um, now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee, and as he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him, and they stood at a distance. And called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. And when he saw them, remember all throughout Luke's gospel, we see very intentional wording, when he saw them, when he saw them, when he saw them. And here again, when he saw them, he said, go and show yourselves to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw he was healed. Here we see this, mm. this same place. Now Jesus saw them, and then there was this healing, but he then allowed Jesus to change the way that he, see, that he saw himself and this healing. And he came back praising God in a loud voice, and he threw himself at the feet of Jesus and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. Now, over and over again in Luke's Gospel 2, another Samaritan, where Jesus is reminding us that these are people that were, in fact, uh, following the same kind of Judaic laws that, that Jesus was raised up in. But it was this very Samaritan who not only sees it, but recognizes the power of praise and of thanksgiving and turns around and comes back and throws himself at Jesus' feet. Now, I remind you that Samaritans were also worshipers of Yahweh. They were not a Gentile. They were this mixed place. Uh, the, the Jewish people hated them uh, as a rule um, because they had, uh, in, 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 in their estimation, defiled themselves, and they worshipped at another temple, and there was this bad blood between them, and over and over again we see that Jesus is testifying to the Samaritan woman you know, the, the Samaritan is called the Good Samaritan in Jesus' gospel. And here these other people are healed, and yet this is a Samaritan who comes back and begins to show us what the worship and what praise is like, recognizing as he falls down before Jesus in this prostrate place saying that you're God. And so there's, there's so much incredible... Um, and I think we would be a little bit slack-jawed if we were in that time saying a Samaritan worshipped like this. Yeah, it'd be like uh, nowadays you're saying a good Catholic did something. Oh, well, the Catholics don't have the revelation that, that we have as uh, Protestants. And so uh, uh, this would actually be super offensive to them because they really thought that, that, that they were the ones really on point, you know? And so, and so for us, I think sometimes we can get so full of ourselves that we miss that God's not as impressed with that as, as even taking somebody who you might consider less than you when they are, are doing these 
right things, that that's what's more important to God, the heart, the, the heart of gratitude, the heart of, of taking care of somebody who's broken on the side of the road. So it's not that all of your worship is correct, you know, that, that you have all of that in order, but there's really, I think, principles that God's shown us are more important than that. And, and that's what these people are doing. And so they're getting the attention and the praise that the, the Jews wanted. And that's not fair because I did everything right, you know. Uh, and, I, and I think uh, you, you pointed out something that, that's so good is how when God saw them, he had compassion. And I think, I think that's the thing that, that each one of us, if we're honest, we struggle with. Does God really see me? Because if, if he saw me, he would know I'm hurting. He would know I need him. So uh, I think, I think the, the, can I get a witness? I think that we get, we get a, a strong sense that we're alone and so these scriptures are to remind you over and over, God saw, God saw, and he sees you in the place you're in. You are not forgotten on the backside of the mountain, you know, trying to be faithful, trying to do what's right. God is not missing. You know, the Bible says you can't give a cup of cool water to a small child in secret without him seeing and rewarding openly those things that were done. And so, you know, if you hear anything today, it's that God sees you. And when God sees you, and, and when, when he sees those people here in the scripture and what they have need of, he meets, amen? And so those lepers, what do they need? They need a cleanse of that. But only one of them comes back with gratitude? That sounds but a lot can, like the can church. Can we talk about that for a moment? Because I'm sure they were all thankful. I'm sure they all had good feelings toward Jesus. I'm sure they were all happy that he healed them. But they didn't actually take the action to turn around and go back. And that for us is many times. And this is what Jesus is inviting us into in this part of our life, where we're, we're able to see the world as he sees it through baptized eyes. But our job is to then start reminding people or saying, hey, this is what I see God doing. We've been practicing this on Wednesday nights when we are saying, what does it look like for us to be people who can point out what we see God doing at work in the world around us even right now? Because this is the true prophetic language to be able to say, I see hope when there is no hope mm -hmm. to be seen. Right. I see peace when every, all I see is chaos. I see something else, and not in a wishful fantasy kind of way, but can I really allow Jesus to change my eyes in such a way that I can see the promise coming even when it's not yet there? I think like four weeks ago, I was at Lowe's buying some stuff for the concrete countertop business, and um, I could sense that the cashier was frustrated, and I said, well, ma'am, are you all right? You know, I see you a lot. You know, the Lowe's is that dreaded place where I, I can't walk in the door without them taking at least $100 from my wallet, you know. So I hate going there, but I know them very well, sadly. And I can tell that my lady, my, my, my door lady was sad. What's going on? She goes, I have just had a horrible few days. She said, people are prepping for this hurricane. And, I mean, people were just fist fighting just moments ago over the last uh, generator. generator. You know, and she goes, it's just really hard to see and be here. And I, and I said, um, I said, you know, in my heart, I, I, I know it's important to be prepared, but I just believe that, that so many of us have prayed that that thing just goes out to sea and hurts no one. And I, I, just, I just really got to believe that, you know, we should be prepared, but I, I don't think we need to get this worked up. And she goes, you know, I, I, I agree. And, it's, and do we certainly don't need to be fighting, she's saying, you know, over a generator. And... Uh, and so the lady behind us was like, well, you better get prepared. You know, this thing's coming. It's coming whether you like it or not, whether you pray it or not. 
And, and I, I realized at that point that, that, you know, there is that voice that we can bring to a situation. I mean, it's going to rain regardless, but it's going to rain with you panicked and bringing fear to everyone you come in contact with. Or we can prophesy the comfort of the Lord because isn't that what that voice is for? Wasn't that, you know, John the Baptist, the one crying yes, in the wilderness, that there's, there's one who's, you know, uh, who's coming and, and he's going to take care of us, you know? And, and so for, for us, and I'm not saying bury my head in the sand and pretend like a storm's not coming, but, but I mean, just say, hey, let's pray. Let's ask God to send it out or let's, let's don't panic. Let's don't freak out right now because I think even that, is, is bringing God to a situation. Whether a storm comes or not, let's don't freak out about it. I think you can make more better decisions if you're not panicked and freaking out, right? And so I just, I want to remind you of that power that lives on the inside of you as a follower of Christ to prophetically speak over situations, even in the lows, that you can tell that woman, peace be still, woman. The storm doesn't have to terrify us. I wish I had been there, saw that fight. Could have placed bets on it. No, I'm just kidding. I could have said, peace be still. Amen. We have the power, church. And this is what we I love that you brought up John the Baptist because John said, I'm going to bear witness to the light. I mean, that's what it means to bear witness. Yeah, right? I'm going to tell people that I saw the light, that, that there is hope, that there is mm. a reason that we can behave differently, that there is a love that is greater even than the love that we've since or have known up until this time, that there's a love that includes more people and there's a love that is going to get us stronger. And this is what we're invited to do and we're invited to join God in the renewal of all things, that we would be like John who says, I'm not that light, but I bear witness to the light that has come. And this is the hope for us. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him and he was a Samaritan. And Jesus asked, were not all 10 cleansed? Where are the other nine? No, has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? And then he said to him, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. Once being asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, Jesus replied, the coming of the kingdom of God is not something that can be observed, nor will people say here it is or there it is, because the kingdom of God is in your midst. This is where kingdom is in between us. This is where the kingdom is. This, we pray this. The church has been praying this. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We've been praying that for 2,000 years. And you know what it means? If I'm praying that his kingdom is going to be done, that means I'm giving up my kingdom. I'm giving up my yes. rule. I'm giving up my rights. Yeah. And this is that cruciform shaped love that we're called to where we give it all away on behalf of someone else. And we see Jesus who is calling out, who is seeing this person, these people who are sick, who is healing them. But then we see this beautiful imagery of the Samaritan. Now, scholars have agreed that in the story of the good Samaritan, the story of the man who is on the way from Jericho, we see how God expects us to love neighbor. And in this story of the Samaritan, we see how God expects to be worshipped. Mm -hmm. This turning around, coming back, offering praise verbally. And if, in fact, at one point it says that it's a loud praise that he offers because if you're healed of something that would keep you outside of work and outside of community and even close to death, and now all of a sudden you have a miraculous healing, there might in fact be a loud praise in your voice. But he comes back and offers it to Jesus and to the people that are traveling with him as, a, as witness of, I am grateful 
that you have brought me from this place. And we see over and over again throughout the Old Testament, also in the New Testament, that a witness, we read it this morning in Psalms 111, praise the Lord, his good deeds are to be known and to be shown to all the people. How are good deeds shown to people? People have pointed it out. Look, at this is the work that God is doing. And we can all be hopeful because the work that he's done in the past, he will continue to do as we continue to surrender our kingdoms to him. You know, we were talking last night, Jerry and I, just about how, like, um, as as baby Christians, God is just merciful and he'll do wonderful things for us, you know? Like, you, you know, uh, you ask silly things and he still does it, you know? He's just, he's a good God. But, uh, but you understand the goal is not that we just stay babies, but that we mature, you know? And so it's, it's, it's really a, a good example of the character of God that whether you're mature or thankful or not, God is good, heals the ten. But he does ask, you know, hey, where is the, the growth in being able to, the maturity in being able to have, have gratitude and understanding that that's part of it. And then, and then he kind of confirms, you know, your faith, you know, has made you whole. And so you're really walking away. Well, someone might walk away with a little touch from God, the other nine, but really we need wholeness. And that's going to come through a maturity. And, and a maturity for you is to be grateful. You know, uh, I, I mean, with your children, you, you want to give more to them when they say, thank you, daddy. Oh, mommy, that was, you know, or, or, or just snatch it out of your hands. Hey, 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 wait a minute, you know. And so, and it's even for us, you know, parents being evil know that, that it's important for us to teach gratitude. And so gratitude is a very important part. And, and you know, and not just the volume like that he was very loud in his worship, but that volume really comes from a place of just, I'm, I mean, I'm just, I don't care who hears it, you know, I'm not going to just kind of shy, I, I had a friend and he was not demonstrative in his worship at all, he, he loved God, I believe, and worshiped God, but he was a guy that was never going to lift his hands in church, and I was like, you know, I was almost considered a challenge, I'm leading worship, lift your hands, you know, lift your hand, you know, he wouldn't do it. And we were riding motorcycles, and over by Sam's, they were doing some construction out there, and there was sand on the road, and I turned my scooter and, and made the turn. It was about 25, 30 miles an hour, I made that turn, and he got into that sugar stand, and he slid, and the bike came out from under him, and I'd never seen anything like it. He wrecked, going 25, 30 miles an hour, the bike slid out from under him, he slid, and then he came to a perfect standing stop. I, I, I saw it with my own eyes, or, you know, you'd, you'd think I was lying. He's standing up. And out in the middle of, of 200, over there where Sam's is, you know, that's probably the most crowded place in Ocala, right? Wouldn't you agree most of the time? You know? And he's standing in the street, and his hands are lifted straight in there, and he's going, oh, thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> I go, oh, so now you'll worship God. <laughs> but he was at that place. He didn't care what anyone thought. He, when that bike went down, he thought, I'm done. Yeah, I mean, you go 25, 30 miles, you know, you're, you're on pavement. But, I mean, it was just the most miraculous thing. And so he wasn't afraid at all when he really was faced with what he felt like was a touch from the living God, you know? And so, I, I, you know, I really challenge you that to let that pride down and there is a maturity of just being able and willing to lift up our hands. I don't care who's watching the busiest intersection in, you know, in Ocala, I'm going to lift my hands and praise God because he has spared my life. And you know what? If you've been saved from a motorcycle wreck or not, he has spared your life. Somebody in this place amen. say amen. 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 And so we ought to give him loud praise. 
Amen. Well, it is this this turnaround for service. Too. You yeah. just don't get it. I set you. I teed it up. All you had to do was. Okay. Jesus asks, "We're not all ten cleansed. Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner?" And then he said to him, rise and go, your faith has made you well. And once again, being asked by the Pharisees, when the kingdom of God would come. See, right here we see they missed what the kingdom actually was. The kingdom was right there. This was God doing miraculous work right there, but they didn't have eyes to see it. And Jesus said, the coming of the kingdom is not something that can be observed, nor will people say here it is or there it is, because the kingdom of God is in your midst. This is the hope for all of us, that the kingdom would be established here, that that is our prayer, that in Ocala, the kingdom of God would rule here, that justice would rule here, that mercy would rule here, that peace would rule here. That, and, and it comes through our surrender to God's kingdom, our surrender to his way of doing things. And one of the things that we practice here on a regular basis is the practice of the sacrament, the Holy Communion. And we're about to... Um, enter into that now. And I want to remind you that we are going to make a confession together. The scripture says that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and he is just to forgive us and to cleanse us. So as we make these confessions, we make them not only on our behalf, but we make them on behalf of the brothers and sisters around us. We make them on behalf of the city around us. We make them on behalf of the systems that we participate in, even in government that continue to oppress people. And so our confession is are taking responsibility for ways that things have gone wrong and asking God to come and to heal the way that we see and to heal us so that his kingdom will flourish here. You know, when you're sharing that, it makes me think about that scripture where, where God talks about his, the, the change that he's bringing is first in Jerusalem, then in Judea, then the uttermost parts of the world. It's like this expansion, you know? And, and so I, I really bear witness to what you're saying. It's like that God's rule would, would be in this whole world but it's got to start somewhere and may it start in me, Amen. you know, and that you and I would have that attitude that, 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 and, and recognize that, you know, there are places where he's not ruling in here, you know? And so that's the beauty of the table that we go for the daily bread that, you know, cause I don't eat like I'm, I'm fixing to eat at, after second service. You know, I pray and have everybody close their eyes. And while your eyes are closed, I'm sneaking up to the front of the line. I'm ready to eat, you know. But when I eat today, it's not going to be for next week. It has to be for today. That's all. You know. And, and I love that about the table of the Lord. You're not stocking up what you need down the road. But it's what I need, what adjustment I need today, what... Uh, opening of the eyes I need today, what power of his presence I need today. And so I don't have to plan on how everything's going to work out in the future, but I can come to the table today just as I am, broken and in need of a Savior, and what I need to sustain me, to bring transformation to me, comes at that table. And so if we believe in theory, I want his kingdom to come, and I, I really want his rule in Ocala. Amen. You know, I really want it in my home. I really want it in, in our church. I want it in, in our country. You know, then, then we have to say, but it's going to begin with where I have the most authority. And it's right here. And so I surrender that. And I, and I don't know how that's going to take place. And I just see there's a lot of construction. When I look inward, 
Do you, do you ever do that? Look at her and say, God, you've got a lot of work. You sure you're up for this? There's a lot of stuff, you know. I'm no contractor of the heart, but I'm going to tell you right now, this needs some serious reno, you and know. That's why we looked with baptized eyes, though, with this idea that we are with Christ in the death, the burial, and the resurrection, this promise that he will make all things new, not just a shoddy job where we're putting up new... Uh, Curtains yes, and, a, yeah. and new wallpaper, but yeah. he's going to make all things new, mm. and this is the hope for us. So this morning, we ask that you would join us in this confession. Most holy, holy and, and merciful Father... Father. We confess to you and to one another that we have sinned against you by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart and mind and strength, and we have not fully loved our neighbors as ourselves. We have not always had in us the mind of Christ. You alone know how often we have grieved you by wasting your gifts, by wandering from your ways. Forgive us, we pray you, most merciful Father, and free us from our sin. Renew in us the grace and strength of your Holy Spirit for the sake of Jesus Christ, your Son, our Savior. Amen. If you're going to serve the sacraments this morning, we ask that you would come forward to receive them. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took bread and he broke it. And he said, pass this out amongst yourselves. This is my body that is broken for you. And he took the cup and he gave thanks for it and he blessed it. And he said, this is the blood of the new covenant. This is for you, for the remission of your sins. And I remind you, when you come to the table today, we come humbly we come hungry. We come to the table of the Lord with hope. We come to the table of the Lord, whatever thing that you have need of, you can be met here at the table for those things. And I remind you, this is the table, not of the church, but of Jesus Christ. It's made ready for those who love God and those who want to love him more. So this morning, you're invited to come. You who have much faith, you who have little, you who have none, you who have been here often, and you who have not been for a long time or ever before, you who have tried to follow, and all of us who have failed. These are the gifts of God prepared for the people of God. So this morning, you're invited to come, not because the church invites you. It is Jesus who invites you to be known, to be seen, and to be fed here. We invite you this morning to come from the back of the service first to receive Holy Communion. The following was a sermon presented at First Love Church in Ocala, Florida. If you'd like to know more about our church or Pastors Dennis and Heather Drake, you can find out on the web at firstlovechurch.org. If you'd like to help us continue the work that we're doing, you can donate at firstlovechurch.org.